We're so glad that you've tuned into our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Jennifer Akers, and I'm our Associate Worship Pastor here at Rolling Hills. We're bringing our series, Eyes on Jesus, to a close today. In this series, we've explored the themes of worry and fear and how those compare to what God's perspective and plan is for our lives. Friends, it can be so easy to allow anxiety to overwhelm or even cripple us at times. But that's what makes our faith in Christ that much more important. So what we'll be talking about today is the peace of Jesus that transcends all things. We can't wait to jump into this message with you and see how God uses it in your life. Thanks for being here. Well, I don't know if any of you can relate to me on this or not, but I've had an issue, borderline problem, that I've had most of my adult life, which is this. When I drive long distances late at night, I tend to get quite sleepy. Anybody else have that? You want to fess up to that? Both of you, the rest of you are lying. Okay, all right. You know, I've tried it all, right? I've tried rolling the windows down. I've tried cranking some ACDC. I've tried drinking coffee, diet Mountain Dew, all those different things. My wife, Rachel, usually needs to stay awake and make sure that I'm awake and kind of elbow me and whatever. Now, over the years, by God's grace, I've been able to realize I need to sleep more the night before, not drive as late at night. And so I really am doing better and overcoming it more and more, I think, each year. But several years ago, a friend of mine named Bob had a friend of his that he found the two of them driving all over the place for various reasons together over a a, a greater, a great period of time. And Bob could stay awake no matter what when he was driving, but Bob's friend, he'd fall asleep driving all the time, much worse than I have ever been. But when Bob was driving, his friend would sit in the passenger seat and he'd be peaceful and serene and sleeping like a baby. But when Bob's friend was driving, much like my wife, Bob had to stay awake to make sure his friend didn't fall asleep when he was driving. Some of you can relate to that part of the problem, right? Well, one day when the two of them were driving, Bob and his friend were driving late at night, Bob's like, you know what? I've had it with my friend. I'm going to teach him a lesson once and for all. So they're driving on the highway. And he pulls off the highway, tries not to brake too quickly so that his friend will wake up, sees a gas station, pulls around to the gas station, around the back of the gas station, up to a brick wall, puts it in park, clicks on the brights. You guys know what's coming, don't you? Grabs a hole, Bob grabs a hole of the steering wheel, starts revving the engine, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 RPMs. Late at night, lights, brick wall, and he starts screaming. Well, his friend wakes up, hears the RPM, sees the brick wall, the lights, and he starts screaming as well. I don't know how long it took, two, three, five seconds. Eventually, I'm sure Bob's friend looked over at him, saw Bob just cracking up, and knew that he'd been had. Knew that he had pulled a fast one on him. I couldn't tell you if Bob's friend really learned a lesson that night or not. I know Bob felt a lot better about things. (laughs) But I do know this. For us in life, we're just going through life in different seasons, days, 
Things are peaceful and serene and just feel very comfortable. And all of a sudden, something small or medium or large that looks like a brick wall just pops up right in front of us. And all of that joy, all of that peace, all of that comfort in an instance is gone. We're concluding our series today, Eyes on Jesus. And we've been talking about real issues that real people like you and me deal with on a regular basis. Worry and fear and anxiety and stress. I think now more than maybe any other point in my adult life, this is the case. You know, people keep talking about all the different medical numbers that are going up as a, as a result of COVID and the pandemic. And I've been telling people, do you know all the other numbers of suicides and addictions and divorces and those numbers that are going up? We got to consider those every much so, if not more. But all through this series, and today as we talk about the topic of peace, we're kind of bringing it all to, to culmination. Our commitment has not been to minimize these issues at all because they're real and each of us faces them. But rather than minimize them, we want to point people to Jesus and to his word as our authority and for Jesus as the light of the world to shine light on these issues in our lives. So today's focus is on peace. I'm going to do something a little unusual for a Sunday morning in a church service. I'm going to actually give you a couple of moments of silence because I want you to think about what is one or two peace stealers in your life? What are the brick walls of your life that pop up and immediately the joy and the peace and the serenity and the comfort are gone out of your life? Do you have one or two of those? I'm going to actually just give you a moment of silence to think about it, okay? Here's that moment. All right, did you come up with one or two? Could it be a lack of control? Could a peace dealer be potential problems and struggles that you see coming down the road? Could a peace stealer be relational difficulties or ramifications from poor decisions or maybe financial or, or health problems? Or, is that a peace stealer for you? Could it be the pursuit of perfection or the curse of comparison or the burden of sin in your life? Could a peace stealer be the fear of the future or regret of the past? See, it's helpful to kind of take a moment and some of you may need to take a few additional moments and identify what those are. And by the way, if you're not sure, I encourage you to ask a friend, a family member, you know, your spouse if you're married, because they probably know <laughs> your peace dealers and they can tell them to you. You know, be sure to ask the Lord, Lord, what are the things that are zapping the joy and the peace from my life? And here's one last thought. Later today, Tonight, tomorrow, this week, when peace all of a sudden is gone and you find a brick wall in your life, pause for a minute, a minute and say, okay, what just happened there? Why is this happening? For the next few minutes, the big idea I want to get across to you is that peace is not the absence of peace-stealing situations. 
not the absence of peace-stealing situations, but rather the result of dealing with them head-on in a God-honoring manner. That's what peace is all about, regular, continual peace in our lives. I want us to listen a lot to the Apostle Paul today, and we're going to zero in on his letter, the Church of Philippi. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Philippians chapter 4. And as you're turning there, I want to give a little context to Paul's letter to the Church of Philippi. Because he wrote this letter to encourage the Christians in the church there that were being persecuted. He wants them to be strengthened as they face difficulty and adversity on top of difficulty and adversity. Sounds like what some of us are going through. He, he wants Christ followers at the church of Philippi. He wants Christ followers at Rolling Hills to know and to realize that a Christian can be and should be passionate for Christ regardless of their circumstance. Sometimes easier said than done, but Paul wanted to encourage us in that regard. Now, Paul should know, right? I mean, Paul, his name, if you know his story, his name was Saul, and he persecuted and actually killed Christ followers. He was that guy. And then he had the Damascus Road experience, and literally, literally the scales fell from his eyes. And his name was changed to Paul, and then all of a sudden, he's the one that is now proclaiming Jesus and being persecuted for his faith. In fact, the letter that he's writing here, this very warm, encouraging letter to the church of Philippi, he wrote from a prison, a prison in, war, in Rome. So he was being persecuted in the midst of wanting to encourage others. So he has every right to say Christians can and should be passionate for Christ regardless of their circumstances. So it's really this warm letter of encouragement uh, sent to a suffering church for its faith. He wants believers to be single-minded in pursuing full life in Christ. Now, if I had a warning buzzer, I'd play it right now. That wasn't bad, actually. Uncomfortable challenges ahead. Because see, what Paul's going to say, even though it's a warm letter, he, he gets into our lives, and he, he gives us a couple of, you know, challenges that are really going to make you stretch a little bit this morning. But it, just realize it's coming from a loving mentor that's lived the life. So as we start to read first, uh, fl excuse me, Philippians 4, I encourage you to grab your Bibles. Uh, maybe have them. If you don't have a big Bible, like a big old NIV study Bible, grab your YouVersion app. If you're a guest with us, if you don't own a Bible, right out in the gym at our Next Steps table, we've got a gift Bible for you. We'd love to have you grab one. Um, and uh, also the, the verses will be up on the screens. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 9. Let me go ahead and read that with you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true and noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, 
and the God of peace will be with you. Encourage you to pull out your worship guide. There's a place where you can take notes. Um, the experts say, and I'm not sure who the experts are, but the experts say that if you fill in the blanks and take some notes, you're actually going to apply more and learn more than even if you never even go back and look at those notes again. So I encourage you to take a couple of notes. And I want to give you five different points today to think about and to wrestle with. The first is this. It's a short list of what Paul says we can worry about. It's a short list of what Paul says we can worry about. Philippians 4, the first part of verse 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. The New Living Translation says, don't worry about anything. I told you it was a short list, right? Don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. The list is zero. That's about as short of a list as it gets. For me, I worry more than I should, for sure. In fact, when I was asked to give the message today and saw the topic, I thought, oh boy, I guess God wants to do some work in my heart in a week or two, week or two leading up to today, and he has. See, I worry about things that I can't control. I worry too much about worst case scenarios. I worry about FOMO, fear of missing out. I worry too much about what people are going to think, wanting people to like me. There's a lot of things that I worry about. And yes, I've seen counselors about them. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, some of you may just go, man, that's a, that's a pretty trivial list. Like, I've got some much bigger things that I'm worried about. Well, I was talking to somebody this week, uh, Alina, who is the national director for our ministry, JMI ministry in Moldova. JMI is Justice and Mercy International, our missions arm of our church. And in Moldova, that's the, the poorest country in Europe. And so as I was talking to her this week, she was in town and she said, you know what, right now in Moldova, because of the pandemic, people are worrying about where their next meal is gonna come from. They're worrying about how they can feed their kids. You see, there are, there are big things and deep things and little things and medium-sized things that we all worry about. It's a part of life. But here's some good news for you. Statistics say in multiple different surveys and studies that about 85% of things that we worry about never come to pass. About 85%. That means that we are worrying about a small percentage of possible outcomes. This week I had something go wrong at our house and immediately jumped to, you know, worst case scenario, which is kind of my pattern. But because the Lord had been working on me, I kind of paused for a little bit. I was like, you know what? I prayed about it. God's in control. And I literally thought of that statistic too, that 85%, there's a much greater chance that nothing's going to come about in my worst case scenario thinking. And sure enough, it didn't. I was able to praise God for giving me that mindset because a lot of times I don't have that. For each of these points, I want to give you a pro tip. Okay, here's the tip for you. Make a list of things you worry about so that you can recognize them quickly when they next pop up. Make a list of things that you worry about so you can recognize them quickly for what they are when they next pop up. You know, much like Bob's friend in the wall. I mean, that was a real wall, real revving of the engine, real lights, but it wasn't a real problem to worry about. It just appeared to be that as it popped up in front of them. And that's what happens often in our lives. Second point is this. 
While it's a short list of what Paul says we can worry about, it's a long list of what Paul says we are supposed to pray about. Paul loves to use big, expansive language here. So in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, he says, But in every situation, that's a big word right there, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He says to the church of Thessalonica in chapter 5, Rejoice always. There goes Paul again. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Big words. Never, always, every. In our context of uh, discussion about anxiety and worry and the antithesis of that, which is peace, Paul's basically saying to you and to me, take your worry and replace it with prayer. Take that thing that you worry about and replace it with prayer. Now you could easily be saying, okay, Eric, that's great. Great for a sermon, Sunday morning, way to go preacher. Take your worry, put it in prayer, great. You know, it's a right answer on a Bible quiz. I get it, I get it. How can I really do that? That's not really feasible. Well, a couple of thoughts. First is remember that Paul's the one encouraging us. This isn't my words. Paul's the one encouraging us to do this. But here's, here's a thought. Start your day with prayer. Just start your day with prayer. You know, I, I'm a big fan of ways. Sometimes I say in ways I trust. I don't know if that's sacrilegious or not, but ways gets me around problems. I plug it in. I can see where cops are, all kinds of, not that I'm speeding, uh, but I can see what's going on where I'm driving to in ways. And many use other GPS systems. Well, if you're going somewhere, you kind of know where you're going and you plug the GPS in, it's much easier to get there. You're gonna get there more quickly. You're gonna avoid difficulties, the most direct route, all those types of things. If you don't use Waze or GPS of your GPS of choice, not that you won't get there, but you'll probably take some wrong turns. You know, you'll probably hit some construction or some difficulties, but you'll probably get there. Well, I look at that with our day. Why, why not just start our day with prayer and say, God, just lead my path today. Lead me where you want me to go today. I'm going to forget to pray along the way, but I'm starting the day saying, lead me where you would have me go. Second thought here is use the recognition of worry, a worry items become a trigger for prayer. It could be a quick cry out to the Lord. It could be pausing. To, if you're having problems with a boss, okay? If you're having problems with your boss, you know, and you're on a Zoom, you're about to go into a Zoom meeting with your boss, you know, you can kind of freak out and your stomach could be a knots and whatever, or you can turn the camera off for a second, okay? Close the laptop, pray, Lord, I know this is one of those worry items for me. Would you please give me peace? Give me the words, and you open the laptop back up, it's amazing. You know, you, you're having a re relational difficulty. You look down, you see there's a phone call or a text from somebody. You're like, oh, you get that knot in your stomach. Well, why don't you just flip that over for a minute and just pray. Use those worry items as triggers to prayer. Third, memorize scripture that you can pray in moments of distress. It is amazing how God brings to mind scripture that we've memorized in the moments where we most need them. It's amazing. Encourage you to do that. Here's your pro tip. Start with one next step this, this week in regards to your prayer life and worry. Maybe start your day with prayer more frequently. 
write down those lists so you can use the recognition of worry items become a trigger for prayer or memorize some scripture. Well, as I was going through this this week, an old movie came to mind called The Apostle with Robert Duvall. And there's a, a scene in this movie where Sonny, who's the apostle, is kind of having a convo with God. And I thought it was quite appropriate and kind of sums up our conversation here. So take a look. Hashtag my wife that stole my church. That's a temple I built for you. And I'm going to yell at you because I'm mad at you. I can't. Take it. Give me a sign or something. Blow this pain out of me. Give it to me tonight, Lord God, Jehovah. If you won't give me back my wife, give me peace. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give me peace. Give me peace. I don't know who's been fooling with me. You are the devil. I don't know. And I won't even bring the human into this. He's just a mutt, so I'm not even going to bring him into it. But I'm confused. I'm mad. I love you, Lord. I love you. But I'm mad at you. I am mad at you. So deliver me tonight, Lord. What should I do? Now tell me. Should I lay hands on myself? What should I do? I know I'm a sinner and a once in a while woman, but I'm your servant. Since I was a little boy, you brought me back from the dead. I'm your servant. What should I do? Tell me. I've always called you Jesus. You always called me Sonny. What should I do, Jesus? This is Sonny talking now. All right. Hello? Miss Huey, it sounds like you got a wild man over there carrying on and hollering and whatever. I'm just, who, who is that over there? Is that your son or who is that? Oh, well, that's, that is my son. That he's, I tell you, ever since he was a little bitty boy, uh -huh. he sometimes talks to the Lord and sometimes he yells at the Lord. And tonight he just happens to be yelling at him. Well, could you tell him to talk a little softer or whatever? All right, here's the deal. That, that sums up what I feel like there's times we should do, is we just need to sometimes we need to talk to the Lord and sometimes we need to yell at the Lord. Now, you guys heard Sonny there at the beginning. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it, give me peace, Lord. Y'all want to try that too, right? Count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give me peace, Lord. All right. If you got nothing else today, you got something to cry out to the Lord with this week when those peace stealer comes your way. Sometimes you got to talk to the Lord and sometimes you got to yell at the Lord. And sometimes you got to say, give me peace, Lord. Third point for this morning is this. There is an equation that results in peace. There is an equation that results in peace. Verses seven and eight says, and the peace of God, when you take your worry and you replace it with prayer, then the peace of God, which transcends our understanding, our thinking process will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The New Living Translation says, then you will experience God's peace when you remove worry and you insert prayer. A couple of years ago, uh, my wife and I were driving south in, uh, coming on 65 from Kentucky 
coming in, like right around Trinity Lane, just north of Nashville. It's about five lanes there on 65. It was a little Honda CRV. It was me and my wife and our little Cocker Spaniel. And um, driving the left lane, and it was about 8 o'clock on a Saturday night, and it was storming, lots of traffic, that type of thing. And uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in my driving when, it come, when I'm not sleeping, but pretty confident in my driving when uh, it's raining. And all of a sudden, I hit a big pocket of water, and immediately I just said, oh, no. And the car went directly left. I was in the far left lane, hit the median, 12 airbags deployed. We couldn't see a thing. And we just started spinning across five lanes of busy traffic. And initially, I'm just like white knuckling, waiting for a semi to hit us, you know, just waiting for something. And um, the, the prayer warrior in our family is my wife. And so as I'm white knuckling it, just not knowing what to do, she's crying out, Jesus, protect us. Jesus, protect us. Jesus, protect us. Jesus, protect us. And literally, I could feel a peace come upon us. And we went over five lanes. I have no idea how close we were to cars because we couldn't see. We slammed into the guardrail on the other side and we just sat there and we knew that the Lord had put his hand of protection around us. And I think it's in part for sure, in large part, just to cry out, Jesus protect us, Jesus protect us, Jesus protect us. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Give me peace, Lord. So we can go to Amazon and click on Peace Self-Help Books, and you're going to get scores, if not hundreds, of books. There's going to be blogs all over the place that show you how to have a formula for peace. But you don't need Amazon Prime. We've got Paul Prime right here. And while we can't have complete non-existence of worry, here's the formula that I do want you to think about. Less worry plus greater prayer equals more of God's peace. While we can't eliminate it completely, less worry plus greater prayer equals more of God's peace. Now, here's the deal. The verse doesn't, these verses don't stop there. In addition to that more of God's peace, there's a resulting effect that actually is quite mind-blowing. Okay, ready? Have your mind blown for just a minute here? All right? Here it is. Less worry plus greater peace equals more, or greater prayer equals more of God's peace. And that peace, that resulting peace, it actually guards our hearts and our minds. As you live in Christ, as you grow in Christ, he promises to guard our hearts and our minds. And I don't know about you, but in 2021, with all that's been going on, with where the world seems to be headed, we all need a guarding of our hearts and our minds. And it's not gonna be a new yoga pose, a new organic pill, turning off social media, or the list of things that are supposedly gonna guard our hearts and minds. Those might be helpful, but they're not the solution. The solution is found in more of Jesus. That's why here, when you're here every Sunday at Rolling Hills, you hear more about the real life solution uh, the real solution for life than this week's social media response to kind of the crisis of the day. And whether it's tomorrow's crisis and issue or today's or yesterday's or last month or a decade ago, the true solution is not response in that moment. There's some helpful things for sure, but the true answer is Jesus. Our hearts and our minds are being bombarded every day 
One crisis leads to another that leads to another in our relationships, our families, our work, and our world. And Paul is saying to the church of Philippi, and he's saying to you and me here in Columbia, Tennessee, less worry and greater prayer equals more of God's peace. And that peace is going to guard your hearts and your minds. Here's a pro tip for you. What areas in life do you need to worry less about and give to the Lord in prayer more? Make that area a prayer focus for the next seven days and, and see what the Lord does. Less worry, more prayer in that one area for the next week and see what the Lord does. All right, fourth point. Peaceful living begins with peaceful thinking. Verses 8 and 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Here comes that warning again. First time was better. Warning, uncomfortable challenges ahead. It's coming from a loving mentor in the person of Paul. But, you know, we live in a day and an age of, of clean eating, right? I don't do much of that. <laughs> but it's not that I don't believe in it. It's a great way to live. Garbage in equals garbage out. Clean eating and healthy living, that's great. I need to do more of that for sure. Do you know that that applies to our hearts and our minds as well? I'll tell you what, I so admire Paul. I mean, here's Paul, and he is not humble bragging when he says, not only do as I say, but do as I do. And then he goes on to tell us, we need to get our thinking right, the quality of our thinking, and the quantity of our thinking. What do you think too much about? What do you let take over your mind too much? For me, I think too much about sports. Confession time, right? Why? I love sports. I've been an athlete kind of my whole life. I just enjoy sports to, to no end. I think they're fun. You know, I got a lot of challenges of a day or a week or a month. My job, I got a lot of things that come across my desk because people are people and, and there's problems in the world. And sports is my little respite. But I probably think about it and listen to too many podcasts and stuff. I freely admit that. Pro tip, four fantasy football teams is too many, okay? <laughs> just saying, just saying. But I do think that Paul's words are a, challenges, are a challenge for us all. I really do think, whether it's sports or something else in your life, I think he's challenging us. What do we focus most of our time and energies on. Is it four, eight, and nine stuff? Look at that list again. Is it four, eight, and nine stuff? If it is, if you say, yeah, most of my time and focus and energy is on four, eight, and nine stuff, then you know what? You probably have a low level of worry and anxiety and a high level of peace. You probably do. It's right there. I didn't say it. Paul says it. However, the flip side is true. If you probably think on things that are not in this four, eight, and nine list, you probably have a high level of worry and anxiety and a low level of peace. I wish I could claim that, but it's all Paul. 
Pro tip, I do this with my staff quite often. Consider a time audit, like by 15 or 30 minutes at a time during the course of the week. Do it for a week. And, and just think about the things, how you spend your time and what you're inputting into your mind. And then compare that list with four, eight, and nine. All right, last thought here. You can't have the peace we've been talking about without knowing the Prince of Peace. We've heard several references today to Christ being in the center and the reason for our peace. And we don't have time, but later on in Philippians chapter 4, you know, there's the, the church of Philippi. He can tell. Paul knows that they're going to be going, I can't do this, Paul. I can't get there from here. This isn't going to happen. And so in 4.13, he says, no, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You want to have less worry and more prayer with the result of peace. You can do all things not through a self-help book, not from a blog, not from this, not from that. You can do it through Christ who gives you strength. You can do all things. There's Paul again. All through Christ. All means all. But if you're here today and you don't know Jesus the Christ, then the peace that we've been talking about is going to be elusive. You literally can't get there from here. One of the many names for Jesus is Prince of Peace. He alone brings that peace that passes human understanding. I mean, we need that peace that passes what we see every day in our social media feed and what we're hearing from people in our, in our sphere of influences. We need a peace that passes the human understanding. And he alone can bring you that peace when there shouldn't be peace. So if you're here this morning, if you've never placed your faith and your trust in Jesus as your Savior, your Lord, the King of your life, you can do that today. And you can begin by just receiving him through prayer. It's a faith decision that comes through prayer. And I'm actually going to lead us in a simple prayer that if you want to pray along with me, this could be the day when you begin to receive that peace that passes human understanding. Here's my last pro tip. Don't put it off. Sometimes people want to put off a decision for Jesus. Well, you're going to get bombarded again by one crisis after another, after another, one brick wall after another, after another. Don't put off that decision to follow Christ. Don't put off that decision to put some of these things into practice that the Lord's been speaking to your heart about today. Would you pray with me? God, we come before you as humble servants recognizing that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace. And right now we confess our sin to you. We confess all of our fears and anxieties and, and uh, focuses that aren't a part of your will for us. We ask that you come into our life, Jesus, to be our Savior and our Lord. We know that you died on the cross for all of our garbage. And we acknowledge you as the king of our life, the savior of our life. And we ask you to become that. We ask you to come into our hearts and our minds right now so we can be a child of yours forever and be a part of your kingdom that has no end. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.